And if all you want is to come out and play, but you gotta get away when Slim Pickens does the right thing and rides the bomb to hell, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, this is Melissa from the Good Evening Kitties podcast. What's up, guys? And we're talking about The Offspring, because why not? Because fuck you, that's why, Joe. (laughs) Hey, Joe. Yes. Ask me if I'm pumped. Hey, Melissa, are you pumped for this? Yeah, yeah! Yes, I am. I am so pumped. I got my Offspring shirt on. I got my notes. I'm ready to do this. I want to let you guys know right now that I did not want to do this. Oh, uh, come on, Dan. It's but I record show that Dan did not want to do this. I have been outvoted by other members of the podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. Who aren't here. He's welcome. And I have been outvoted by our listeners. Thank you guys so much for being listeners. (laughs) So I guess tonight we are going to break our normal tradition of only talking about metal bands and talk about The Offspring. Well, for those people that love The Offspring as much as I do, first, let's be honest with ourselves. We don't love The Offspring because we were there day one when they released Jennifer Lost the War. We love The Offspring because of, I think, one of two reasons. Those two reasons are, or more likely than not, All right, guys, who's ready to get their ass kicked at Tony Hawk 2? Shut up, buddy, you're not on this episode. Can I come back next week? I think we can work something out. Okay, bye. (laughs) Well, now that that's been taken care of, The Offspring. Oh, I forgot, I'm the host of this show. (laughs) Shit. Okay, so... The Offspring is a punk rock band from California that came out in the late 80s, early 90s. They played punk rock for a while. They went to, like, pop rock, kind of stayed there, went back to punk a little bit, but not really. And um, then they, you know, put out a really shitty final album that was (laughs) not actually a final album. And uh, it's been a good episode, guys. I appreciate everybody that came on to do this. Well, before Dan <laughs> chickens out at the last minute, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, so if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at DiscussMetal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. If we're your favorite podcast, leave us a five-star review. We would appreciate it. Unfortunately, we do not get a big fat check every time somebody leaves us a positive review. However, reviews are a really helpful tool for podcasts these days. The world as we know it now runs, especially online, by recommendations. Everything's an algorithm, people. So podcasts that are highly rated are podcasts that get recommended to more people. So it's a really good way to help us grow, and we really appreciate it. And one of the perks that we have is that we will read any reviews that are submitted to us, positive or negative. And I've got a new review on Apple Podcasts to read for you guys right now. This was submitted by C. McCoy 427 and it says, Awesome! 
I found your guys' podcast a few months ago. I've listened to maybe 20 episodes. I feel like this podcast was made for me. I'm 37. My gateway to metal hardcore punk was through Tooth & Nail Records and then went on to discover all the other good stuff. I also live in STL. Just bought a place in Soulard last fall. Thanks for all the awesome entertainment. I drive for a living, so I'll definitely be listening weekly. Nashville, Suicide Mission, and Rusted Skin were some of my favorite locals from back in the day. Hell yes. Thank you so much, C. McCoy, for that review. Uh, we appreciate you. And hey, it sounds like we're going to probably end up running into each other at some point. Hopefully when we're not in vehicles. Not in the face. <laughs> uh, we also received a Facebook review from Jake Barrett. Jake writes, I just found this podcast. I started with the Deadsy episode since I've been on a random Deadsy kick lately. We're always on a dead Deadsy kick here on Discography Discussion. Every day of my life. Moved on to Dillinger Escape Plan, and I'm definitely hooked. I'm going through the new metal episodes now and can't stop listening. You guys rule. Thank you for your work. Well, Jake, you are quite welcome, and we appreciate you and that review. We got a YouTube comment on episode 72, Nonpoint, with Rob Rivera. This is from... Farron Wolf Gremio Lycan's Legacy. This video make my year. I love Nonpoint. Greetings from Chile. Greetings to you, sir. And now Melissa is yeah. going to tell us about the Good Evening Kitties podcast. Oh, all right. Uh, I have a podcast, as you guys, I've been, this is my third time on here before, so you probably know that, but if you don't, uh, I have a podcast called the Good Evening Kitties podcast. It's all about the tales from the crypt, and sometimes I throw in some horror movie reviews, but it's, it's pretty fun. I've kind of got a good groove going. Uh, in about a month or so, I'm going to have a bunch of stuff coming out for my one-year podcast anniversary. Um, but you can basically find the Good Evening Kitties podcast pretty much wherever you find your podcast. There's also a Facebook page. And, yeah, so I hope you check it out. It's really fun. Cool. We will put links to that in our show notes for this episode. So, Melissa, yeah. tell me about The Offspring. Oh, guys, The Offspring. Band from California. Mostly consisted of Dexter Holland, Greg Kay, and Noodles. They've had a multitude of drummers throughout the years, uh, but they have one uh, since 2007 now, Pete. I didn't realize how expensive, or extensive, expansive... <laughs> their career was I mean it's been 34 years nine albums with one on the way and I'm like dang so yeah I mean this this band meant a lot to me it was fun to go back on you know the songs and see where I kind of fell in and realize that I was a, probably a bit young to be listening to some of the songs uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah uh, I have I mean I got stories about the band all kinds of stuff I don't know what you what, what you want to know my favorite thing about Offspring was in 2008 or 7, I don't remember which one it was, they put out a press release about how we're done, and I'm not <laughs> kidding, a week later, and we have a new album coming out. <laughs> and I was offended because I felt like one of my favorite bands, one of the most fun punk rock bands, I said it, to listen to was not going to make music anymore. And two albums later, they would write what is my favorite Offspring song. Slim Pickens. We'll get to that later, though. Really? All right. I love Slim Pickens. That's Slim Pickens fine. is one of the best song titles ever. It is. But, I mean, songs you know, doesn't really yeah, match up fine. to the title. Is it the best Offspring song, Dan? Uh, I would say no. <laughs> nope. For me, the Offspring pretty much ends, begins and ends with Jennifer Lost the War and ends with The Kids Aren't Alright. So you didn't make it too far in Well, then. it technically does <laughs> no, start I listened with Jennifer to the Lost entire, the War. I listened to the entire fucking discography. I mean, like, from where you... This man is a professional. But as far as <laughs> he my... He fulfills uh, his commitments. 
but as far as my personal enjoyment yeah, goes, it definitely ends somewhere in the middle of Americana. Well, Americana is the reason everybody knows this band. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty I fly mean, for a white guy. Come out and play. I came in probably about, yeah, Amer- Americana, then I went back and got Smash and, you know. Kind oh, of kept, Smash is fucking great, Yeah, man. Smash is yeah, great. I love went it. back and got Smash. Stayed on probably till about somewhere in between Splinter and Rise and Fall of Rage and Grace, and then I just kind of, around the time that, I guess that press conference thing came out. It was nice. probably around the time I came off, but yeah, so... How many people just, like, didn't ever check their page again after that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's over, I guess. Shut the page on. Uh, but uh, let's 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 jump back in time here a little bit, guys. Um, <laughs> you know, because the early Offspring albums are the ones that were my favorites. Mm-hmm. These are hardcore punk with California vocals. Correct. And annoying California vocals. Um, <laughs> I... I'm all about shouted vocals. I am. I like. I mean, I don't have to explain that. But like, there's something about dude's voice that just kind of like upsets me a little bit. But it did not bother me as much when the songs weren't as obnoxious. Self-titled Offspring was actually kind of a lot of fun for me. It's the it's their most aggressive era of the band. Yeah, and I could I can see what you say. Like his his regular singing voice is is okay. But I mean, he does have that voice that stands out. But it is a little bit nails on a chalkboard. But I kind of like it. But yeah, it just depends on the song, really. If it's not feeling it, then yeah. But I, I had never listened to this album actually before uh, doing this for this, and uh, I thought it was good for a first album. I thought it was really, really impressive. Uh, you know, all the little songs have, or all the songs have a uh, little dash of anarchy on them. It's kind of fun. But the, probably one of the best things I, I saw was I saw the video for Jennifer Lost the War. And, oh my gosh, they're so cute. That's a great song, though. <laughs> yeah, but it was just, it was such a cute, like, it just reminded me of when I was in a band at that age. You know, they're, like, really young, like, early, like, late teens, early 20s. And they're just, like, filming themselves, like, in front of, like, a garage or whatever and playing. And it was just, it was a good song. They all, you know, Dexter standing there with trying to, I guess, stand out by wearing clothes that have all holes in them. He's the only one, like, doing that, but... Well, and isn't it true that Noodles is, like, their janitor, or it's, like, the janitor for at their school? Oh, probably, yeah. Um, and I know Noodles got stabbed at one point. <laughs> like, it's so funny just seeing these young kids hook up with this, like, obviously older dude. Like, yeah. and, you know, like, they, he goes on to be, like, an iconic member of this band that was so popular. But, uh... What I liked about this first album, though, was just I liked the energy, obviously, because I'm a metal, I'm a metal hardcore fan, predominantly. So, you know, I could appreciate the the hardcore punk element of it, you know. And yeah, his voice is a little nails on a chalkboard, but I think it matches the music better on these er- on these early albums. I think once you start getting into their more mainstream stuff, mm-hmm. I remember hearing Offspring songs on the radio and being like, I, I don't, I don't understand how this band got as popular as they did. Um, because like the lyrics, especially on the first few records, uh, especially on the first one, like the song, these songs were about things mm-hmm. like about actual, like world events and like mindsets, you know, they, there would seem to be kind of this, uh, focus on, you know, um, middle America and how like it was actually shitty, even though it like seems all happy and <laughs> or whatever. What some people would call actual subject matter. Exactly. And that that's the kind of thing that I like about punk is I like I like the kind of everybody's thinking it kind of lyrics. 
And there was a lot of that in spades on this album. Yeah, I also liked, they did like um, a couple of songs that stood out. Elders, I liked that song. Uh, Beheaded was a little crass, but I still liked it. Oh, Beheaded was fucking great. Yeah, I don't pretty, know what you're talking it's about. It's pretty good. Uh, and then, a little crass. You did this. <laughs> you did the Slipknot episode with us. I know. And we were like, hey, this song, he says, I want to slit your throat and fuck the wound. Well, just some of the, it wasn't some that of the crass. lyrics I didn't realize on some stuff. But I, I did like Beheaded. And then uh, Tehran, which I'm assuming is uh, about... Um, isn't that Iran? Yeah, that one was pretty good. Uh, it's got a good rhythm to it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's other songs on there that definitely make you think that there's a message they're trying to get across. I mean, there's uh, "Kill the President" and "Demons" and things like that. So yeah, they are definitely they definitely had a message they wanted to get out. Absolutely, and I and I liked that about it. It had that energy, and it had passion and drive. These songs weren't written to like appeal to a mass audience. I guess is where I'm coming off coming from on this yeah it was definitely a good uh a good start like if i if i was in that was my first cd with my band i'd be like that's pretty good like you know i'd be like sounded pretty good you know compared to some of the stuff that was being done in the late 80s (laughs) i give this two thumbs up (laughs) it is no and justice for all but it's way better than kickstart my heart (laughs) (laughs) nice you ready for ignition let's do it all right i was born ready so what, this is three years later? Yeah, and like you can tell that they've been playing more, that, they, that they're that they much better musicians. Everything's a little more tight, a little more cleaned up. And it's a little heavier too, like not heavier. It's not a really good word to use for this discussion, but like it's a little bit more energetic. Yeah. But so, also yeah. like a little bit more fun. Which is what they, which is one reason I like The Offspring, because they do, they have some fun songs and it starts to build up here and really peaks and like hits up in Americana and then they always throw in some other songs later that are trying to be more fun. Does it always work? Eh, not always. But uh, but that's what I kind of like about them. It's a lot of like anthem kind of like, yeah, like everyone can get involved and sing in a lot of the songs. And they're a lot catchy. smarter than they have any business being yeah. with the vocals and the lyrics. That yeah. I don't, I don't remember if it's, I've heard him, I've heard him called a rocket scientist but i know that's not his certification microbiology microbiology thank you very much Pretty sure so like to a lesser degree in my opinion rivers cuomo this guy is actually smart and educated and he's writing clever lyrics about things that still come off as fun and that's important, especially when you're playing punk rock and you're trying to appeal to a mainstream audience. I don't know that they were trying to appeal to a mainstream audience. I think they were just trying to do California punk. Yeah, like not at this point. I don't think they were going for really any kind of mainstream success. But I think they were accessible in the sense that, you know, dude has a very recognizable voice. And that's that's from day one. You know, it's not like they were some kind of like hyper-respected punk band or something where they had all this underground credibility. I think that they were always going to end up getting picked up by a bigger label and... Eventually. Yes. And, like, this record I like because it's a little bit more fun, but, like, the, the lyrical concepts are still more rooted in, like, reality and actually having a message. And, like, sometimes the message is horrible and... But, like, it's so fun. You know? And, like, that's... That's enjoyable. That's enjoyable to me. Like, that's what I took from this record. Just want to make a quick correction. Uh, PhD in molecular biology. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Please forgive well, me. Oh, no. It was me. God, that is so I just punk to rock sure. to go to college. I thought, man, I tell you, that's another thing that really stood out to me as a biology uh, degree student myself. Uh, when I found all that out, 
as I was getting older that he was still going to school for all that stuff, I was like, heck yeah, me too. Like, yeah, so I always thought that was really cool. A few dashes of alternative rock on this record. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that stood out to me because that was really the avenue that they needed to pursue in order to gain that mainstream success. And I don't necessarily think they were like to get mainstream success at this point, but like they were definitely looking more towards their future. You know, because like the first Offspring album is just basically energy from beginning to end. This record, we kind of slowed things down a little bit in places and went for a more, you know, went for a more emotional, relatable approach. And uh, I do think this is more of a transitional album for whatever reason, even though I think objectively it is better than the self-titled. I don't like it as much as I did the self-titled, and I definitely don't like it as much as I liked Smash that came after. Hey, Joe. Yes? Uh, this is Dirty Magic, right? Yes. Okay, so I have some notes about Dirty Magic here. You uh, just go right ahead. I was listening to it, and I noticed that the chorus reminds me a lot of Have You Ever from Americana. And I, as I was listening to it, I was, like, singing it to it, and I was like, you know, and I even saw in some of the comments on, like, a YouTube video that people were like, is this Have You Ever? And so I was like, I, I think they just kind of sped it up a little for Americana and maybe changed the verse, but it definitely sounds pretty similar. Now that I'm not hating, the song's fine, uh, but I mean, it just, I don't know if you caught that, but... We will revisit this in two All records right. because we might have to do a little back and forth yeah. to see what's going on. Because I definitely, there's other songs too down the road that I, ha- I hear similarities on stuff, but uh, with this album, I definitely liked uh, songs that stood out to me were like, Kick Him When He's Down, Get It Right. I did like LAPD, but they uh, they got a couple couple in-roms in there, and I'm like, okay, guys. Yeah, uh, I'm glad somebody brought that up because like- <laughs> It wasn't going to be Dan. <laughs> you want to talk about- Well, you want to talk about- uh, I know we're so PC here on Discography Discussion. <laughs> Uh, no, so the thing is, is that, like, you talk about certain things that don't age well. Yeah. And that's that's really one of them. Like, it, it's like, in 2018, we hear that, and we're like, fuck, what were they thinking? I mean, I get, I think it's more them saying it on behalf of what the, maybe what the police would say to the people that they're hurting or something, but, because I was listening to some of the lyrics, but, but still, I was like... It's quite a few times where I'm like, all right, uh, we get it. Like, it's also a California band in 1992. Yeah, so I mean, I think there, I mean, there was definitely a point they were making. We're punk rock. It was definitely we're saying controversial things. Yeah. It was definitely body count. Okay. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> Wait, when are we going to talk about body count? We're not. Uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> anyway, give it time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely one of those things. Like, I'm, I'm going to step in and be a social justice warrior for a second here, though. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan, the social <laughs> injustice warrior. And the thing is, is that like they are trying to represent people, but there's a certain sense of like you're still like a bunch of white dudes that play like punk rock. They're, like, is there anything whiter than punk rock? So. In that respect, I think it kind of is like what they were going for was somewhat lost. And so, like, I don't know. I I had a little bit of trouble uh, digesting those lyrics. You're saying it's difficult to take someone seriously when they're presenting a political point that may or may not actually affect them personally. Correct. Very good. And so that's my (laughs) social justice warrior So you're saying you don't have enough self-esteem? I think we need to go to Smash now. Yeah some smash this is about rice like i said i went back and got into this album after americana but it's a great album is this actually their mainstream debut is this the one that people caught i think so i know for me it was americana 
but I also know that when I was listening to all the songs on the radio that were from Americana, I was also hearing Come Out and Play. Yeah. Self-Esteem. What Happened to You? Yeah. Smash. A lot of these songs were really great. First of all, um, uh, I have a message from uh, Jeff, Mr. Sunny Day Real Estate Kane. How you doing? He's not even on the podcast. He told me to tell you Fuck. to let everyone know that Bad Habit is his favorite. Uh, okay. And I agree. Uh, I have a Bad Habit story um, because I, I thought it was a, a great song uh, because it's got that ending part with all the swear words. And 12-year-old me was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Listen to this, Mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, Fuck yeah. the system. Do, and at the end, so I went to my. Host. <laughs> I'm at my friend's house at like 12, and I bring this album over, right? And I'm, and he's a little, you know, I was, I was probably the bad influence in this relationship. And I come over there, and uh, his mom was like downstairs, and I'm like, hey, there's a song called Bad Habit. You got to hear this ending part. And it gets to the end, and it does all, you know, you stupid, dumb shit, all, you know, all that stuff. And I, I'm like, isn't that cool? And like, I kind of turn it down so his mom can't hear a little. And like, we're, our ears are like up against the, the speaker. And he's like, yeah, it's all right. It's fine. <laughs> I'm like, really? Okay, fine. And so, like, I think he was just more terrified. But I'm like, you know, I think looking back, I was the bad influence on that one. It's like anytime Jeff shows me a new band, he'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, dude, you're going to love this. And I'm like, eh, it's but, okay. But man, I love that song. And Gotta Get Away. Oh my gosh. Angsty, again, angsty little 12 year old, 14 year old me. You're saying you don't want to come yeah, out Yeah, no, play. I've got to give it to you. Like, that, that, the, the sheer controversy was so much fun. You know, like, and it, like, like, it made Teenage Dan think, like, I get it. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Nobody else fucking gets it. You know, like, nobody else gets it. And, like, it's such a cheap feeling, though, because, <laughs> especially, like, when you look at what this band went on to become. Well, yeah. You know, like that that that's the contradiction. Like that's the issue that I'm having overall with but see, it. Just is, pretend like this is the only one. But I like I shouldn't have I mean I know this is a Scottery discussion, yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't have to pretend though. Like it is what it is. Oh I know. But you I know. mean like this this whole part here through the next couple albums still is like the sweet spot for me. Um, Fair enough. This song I, I also like too because this was one of the like uh, one of the first mainstream songs I learned to play on my drums. Uh, and I remember being so excited to get that beginning symbol part, being like, yeah, that's right, I figured it out. And so that that's another one that stood out. Um, self-esteem I like, but I feel like it's overplayed. And so I just, it kind of wore out on me. But this is also another interesting thing. Um, they tend to have, the offspring tend to have, um, what is it, like trends or habits that they do in their CDs. This is where it started doing the vocal intros. So uh, in this one, they got the, you know, like I always have someone coming in to like, oh, it's time to relax or, you know, something like that. And they'll have a vo vocal intro. And then they usually have some sort of um, like bonus song at the end. Um, I believe this one. Yeah, this one at the end of Smash, about five, you got to wait five minutes. But five minutes after there's an instrumental of Come Out and Play. You know what irritates me is that, or I think around this time, what year was this, Joe? This was... Uh, 94. 94. Okay, never mind. Uh, save I that point for later. I'll save this point for later. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say I have more to say about this album. It is kind of the second entry in what The Offspring is. Let's take a look, too, at the fact that this was like their biggest mainstream success yeah, this, up to this yeah. point. I mean, they this is this is, I feel like, the album that broke The Offspring into the mainstream. This definitely got everyone's attention. Yeah, I mean, self-esteem, like Melissa said, so overplayed. 
Yeah, but then but like, it yeah. was such a good preview of what the offspring was going to become. Mm-hmm. This is not, you know, the punk rock of of the day. You know, this is they, they they've almost gone. It's definitely em- not grunge. They've definitely gone to embrace the more mainstream alternative rock that was popular at the time. Whatever alternative rock actually means. It's an alternative to what's mainstream. Okay, well, all right. When the alternative becomes mainstream, though, it's still alternative. Very good. So now... Ixnay on the ombre, bro. 1997. Here we go. Not as familiar with this album. I don't know why I didn't buy it. I guess I ended up... When I went back and got Smash, I guess I just didn't pick up this one. (laughs) Well, what's weird to me is that, like, this was around the time that a movie came out called Batman Forever. Yep. And, uh, you know, the Offspring was featured on that soundtrack with the song Smash It Up. And I love that song. It's my favorite Offspring song. And so I was a little disappointed when I bought the Offspring album. That song wasn't on it. It was just like a single that was never released on an album. Should have went for the the Batman Forever soundtrack. Get that Kiss by a Rose by Seal. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that shit is... (laughs) Oh, that's my jam. That shit is smooth as ice. We need to switch to Seal, Dan. I'm sorry. To Seal discography discussion? No, yeah, yeah. I'd be for that, man. It's got to happen now. Maybe it will. uh, This album, too, Exiting on the Ombre, also had another vocal intro. Uh, This one was... It was kind of like about parental controls, uh, so it was pretty funny. And then even at the end, there's like an outro, like outer voice that kind of like closes it, but... um, it's even funnier considering parental controls in the 90s were so laughable. That, yeah, you know. given why I i mean, I was listening to these albums. Two words, <laughs> scrambled porn. Oh, God. Three words, V-chip, bitches. <laughs> I uh, think everybody knows this album for the same reason I know this album. It has all I want on it. Yeah. And if you've played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 in your life, you know all I want. And you bought Ixnay on the Ombre many years after it was released, mind you, for that reason. You have to have this song. I don't really have an attachment to any of the songs in this album. It's Offspring, but it's lacking in the Offspring radio single department. Every album of theirs seems to have at least three or four songs that are extremely similar in composition, but appeal for different reasons. This just kind of has all I want, and... I'm not really into any of the other songs. Well, yeah, and, like, they made a big stink about how, like, their next album wasn't going to be Smash Part 2. And it wasn't, for sure. But, like, it was kind of boring and a little stock. Like, it's a little bit more punky. Not as good as their debut. Like, that record is fucking phenomenal. But this record especially was just kind of like a man. Like, it was like, if I could accuse the band of releasing an album for... Keeping the, keeping the relationship with the label, or something. You know, this is not a bad record by any stretch, but it's not like that interesting. And I feel like this is the point where the Offspring subject matter really started to slip. Yeah, I mean, this album didn't really stand out too much for me, um, which kind of makes it interesting that a year later they came out with Americana. Like I, I have a feeling like since Smash was such a big hit that they, they people would maybe be a little disappointed in the, in this one. Well, yeah, like Americana was like. I mean, this like is the, the record, shit. like the record they wanted to make. Yeah, I guess. But instead, they're just like, well, we still got these ten songs, so you well, know, yeah, fuck with, you, we'll just put them out. With Exiting on the Ombre too, like, yeah, the songs, all I want's fine. Uh, Gone away, I definitely remembered that one when I was listening to this. Uh, I thought Cool to Hate was really fun. 
um, and the meaning of life. But this one also has like a, a this one, they definitely have a little more funny in this one. Like they even have an intermission song where it's just like a cute little like ditty in the middle for just an intermission between Stupid. the songs. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're having a good time. Yeah. But yeah, this one didn't really stand out too much. That's my problem. I just can't relax and have a good time. <laughs> 1998, Americana. The kids are not all right. Oh, uh, you guys, this album. So if you're a fan of The Offspring, this is your fucking jam. It's my jam. Man. It's everyone's jam. So jam. The kids aren't all right is just such a great song. This is what I think of when I think of Offspring. Yeah, I mean, this this song, like, cause this is like kind of like the last Offspring that I was really, like, really into. And uh, I liked that this song had you know again strong subject matter like talking about shit that we can all relate to you know and they did it again a couple more times on the record which i really uh i really enjoyed um you know it's like the kids aren't all right you know it's like wow we live in a modern society and, and all this shit and like everybody everybody talks about how like high school is the greatest years of your life you know and this song was like kind of a big middle finger to that you know like you know, these, these these guys are all, like, addicted to drugs and shit. Like, it's not really that great. And then another song that I really want to um, throw against throw the on wall. There is, Why Don't You Get a Job? <laughs> I don't like Why that. Don't You Get a Job is, like, the most, like... We're having a yeah. good time. I mean, here's the thing. Growing up in St. Louis, there's no way you haven't heard this song. Mm. You just have. And it's a little... Um, in 2018, it's a little kind of sexist, a little bit, just a little bit. But he's not necessarily saying anything bad about women. Why but it, when you start a sexist? song, when you start a song with "My friend's got a girlfriend and he hates that bitch." Okay, later it's "My friend's got uh, got a boyfriend and she hates that and dick." And she hates that dick, right? So it's so. there. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that like this concept of you know people being lazy and you having to pay for them, you know, and all that shit, like. That was literally the most, like, relatable song for people in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I think this song is largely responsible for their success following this. Because people just... I mean, on our local alternative station, this song still gets played constantly. You don't At think, least daily. You don't think it was Pretty Fly? That pushed him? I think this song gets played more in St. Louis on radio uh, stations than Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Because, yeah, the... Again, this this album had another spoken intro, but um, it has some great songs. Uh, some that really stood out, like "Pretty Fly" for a white guy is great for like group karaoke and things like that, and it's got real catchy. It's fun, but I mean, the songs that really stood out to me as as because I was twelve when this came out and I got it. Somehow, I guess I talked my parents into it or just bought it myself. They didn't really care. Uh, so I was listening to this, and I remember late at night, like before I go to bed, I would I would always I would listen to uh, with my disc man. I'd have my headphones on and I'd listen to Staring at the Sun and No Breaks. And those were usually the ones that I'd, I'd listen to a lot. Um, again, Americana's fun. Uh, Do you eat a lot of Emo's pizza while you listen to Americana? <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to, right? She's got issues. That one's got a good guitar riff. Yeah, it issues. does. Yeah. This very, is what I love nice. about The Offspring. And Americana is the template that they would use and we're building up to this point. It's punky, but then they throw those little pop moments in. And I don't know if they're giving a middle finger to the pop industry. Yes, I said pop industry. They're definitely not, because, I mean, there's the rest of their discography to, to consider. 
but they keep but going go back to it. They keep I mean, saying you're, you're that you're totally wrong, but you know they have this one song on the album that's just out of place and ridiculous, and I don't know who that's for, other than to be like, okay, guys, we're gonna dance now. Which song? Pretty fly for a white oh. guy on this one. Why don't you get a job? Yeah, that video a was fun. A song that's though. on Days Go By that we're gonna get to later. That that uh, that that uh, why don't you get a job was had a fun video. Uh, I remember. It was like them walking down the street with little marching band instruments. That's what I love about them. Yeah, they were just having fun. fun. This is this is California punk rock. Well, this is also I think the only album that they actually put a cover on. They've done many covers like during shows, but they have the like a, a kind of their own version of the cover of Feelings. But I think they kind of changed the lyrics a little bit. But like it, it definitely. I mean, it's a song. It's they intense changed, as they hell. Changed it. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, me first in the Gimme Gimmies. Talk about their feelings. <laughs> Jesus. Is that the name of the band that they're covering? No. Okay, because that would have been amazing. That's a punk band that covers many different genres. This is the most oh, punk we'll song. This is the most punk song on the album. Yeah. Wasn't even written a bad by cover. them. It's not a bad cover. I just or somewhat cover. I was just done after this record though because it just it's more of a personal thing and just that my musical tastes had changed. You know, like by this point in my life. If it's not screaming, I'm not listening. You know, like that that yeah. sort of thing. Yep. So it, it is hard for me to get into anything that came after this. And the only reason I really like this is probably just for the nostalgia. So you're saying you changed again? <laughs> I have a pun for every album this Damn week. Damn it, Joe. Right. No. Uh, no, but this, I mean, this album, again, I was, I was totally on board. I even had a poster in my room that it was like a fisheye lens of the band with like Dexter with his cornrows in the front with sunglasses on and he was giving you the finger and the finger was like real big but um, I don't even know if my parents really cared they mentioned about that being on my wall and I, I you know I kinda it's didn't art want, mom well I also didn't want to explain it to my grandparents and stuff all the time so I ended up taking a white piece of paper and wrote censored on it and put it on top of the finger so then it was still kind of cool way to personalize it there Melissa <laughs> I was like that'll be fine and then I even got I even got uh, they had something remember like they'd take bands and they'd put the word maximum over them so like they had, I think they did it with other bands, but they had Maximum Offspring, and I have the al- I have the album still, and it was basically like it came with a little poster, and it had an album of like um like a video blog and some other songs based on the Offspring. So I remember having that hanging up too, and then around this time, well I mean if we're ready to head into the next one, yes we're ready. Conspiracy uh, of One. This is when- AKA Dan's life story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is around the time that I'm pretty sure I went to this concert for the promotion of this CD, I think, when I was 14 with my dad. I'm still very satisfied with the band at this point. Oh, yeah, it was it was a good show. Uh, and I, I think they were tickets for my 14th birthday, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, it was a pretty good time. Dan, what do you think of this, CD, this album? Oh, Jesus. Um, well, we've already established it's not your thing. <laughs> now make it your thing for this episode, damn it. <laughs> do it. I changed again. It's pretty, ah! it's pretty damn good. I actually think it's better than Americana. I think the songwriting is vastly improved over Americana, and I don't think it's as cheap or gimmicky. That being said, really not into the offspring at this point. (laughs) Because, like, I mean, I'm, what, five, six albums in now, and I'm starting to hear a lot of the same shit over and over and over again, and I didn't like Dude's voice that much to begin with. Mm. So, and again, this is not the band's fault. It's just kind of a thing that 
happens. You know, I just had grown away from it at this point. But I admit that the songwriting is better. I think this is actually a more solid record than Americana, but it, I don't think it has the single power that Americana had. Confession. I think this is the best Offspring album from a songwriting standpoint. I can agree with that. I think yeah, if I you want to give that. somebody an Offspring album that has never listened to the Offspring before, you should give them this first. I feel so dirty after agreeing with Joe. <laughs> I won't make that pun, sorry. Again, this one's got a, got a, <laughs> a spoken word by Dexter uh, in the beginning that's kind of real short. Uh, but no, this one's got some good songs. I mean, this one, Want You Bad, this one's good. Hell uh, yes. Damn it, I changed again. Original Prankster. Yeah. Do you, do you like Original Prankster, Dan? It's got Red Man. I've heard it on the radio <laughs> more times than I care to admit. He wants to come out swinging do when I, he hears Original Prankster. Do I turn the radio off whenever I hear Original Prankster? No. But, I mean, if my phone's charged up and my headphones are charged, then, you know, I'm probably going to listen to Not This. That's yeah. all I got to say. <laughs> I mean, a lot of their songs have, have similar trends, too. You know, you sing about life is shitty or I'm in this shitty relationship that's either emotionally, sexually, or physically harmful, uh, but I'm still in it. But, like, it's been that way for, like, a lot of albums. Oh, I know. But, like, they definitely kind of hit on it a little bit, like, in this album, too. Like, Denial Revisited wasn't was pretty good. They just really doubled down on the relatable lyrics. Yeah. But, like, I'm more of a fan, especially in punk music, of lyrics that are more focused on actual things that are happening not that the, not that the relatable lyrics aren't happening and they aren't real but like i just don't necessarily need a band to explain to me about bad relationships about bad relationships like Isn't that what i'm gonna experience that about, over really? time anyway it's always about, no like, no you guys and... are right i'm just i'm just out of my element on this episode because you know a lot of the descriptors that i use like ha like heavy fast aggressive brutal you know whatever like None of it applies here, and so uh, it's going to get really interesting whenever we talk about uh, more non-metal bands on the right, show. Well, this is the first time we've done this, and uh, I hope it's uh, <laughs> I hope it goes over well with people. Also, one more quick note: uh, Vultures also sounded similar to Dirty Magic slash Have You Ever to me. <laughs> so let's talk about it. <laughs> I have this thought about the Offspring that I have about many bands that stand the test of time. We mentioned it on Disturbed. This band became a playlist band. There is nothing wrong with that. You can listen to the best songs by Def Leppard. Just realize that they're still putting out albums. Because I'm going to go to the show, and I'm going to hear Offspring play their new songs, and I'm going to hear them play a selection of their greatest hits. I have the same expectation about Metallica, or Megadeth, or any metal band that I like that's been around long enough. I feel like the majority of the Offspring fans aren't buying their albums at this point. They're just listening to the hits because the hits are on the radio. They're making the band money. I'm enjoying it. You're enjoying it. If they come to town, you're going to buy the ticket. You're going to go see the show and it's going to be an awesome punk rock, hard rock show. Well, it's still 2000, so people are still buying the CD and supporting the bands. This is when Napster was happening. They stopped supporting the bands. Well, yeah, but like I'm gonna, on a 56K connection, it takes a lot less time at this point for me to drive to fucking Best Buy and buy the CD. Did I do that? No, I didn't. Well, I can tell you the one I definitely didn't do it 
Four was the next album, Splinter. Real quick, though. Dan, favorite song off a of Conspiracy of One? Uh, I was trying to get you out of it, man. I'm sorry. Oh. She's too I, damn good. I'm like damn a, it, I'm like I a, changed it again. Yeah, it's a good one. It is really fucking good. Yeah, Yeah. see, you can do it. And I, I didn't really even, like, really remember this album whenever, we, whenever I went back to listen for this episode. And uh, that song definitely stood out to me, and I, I enjoyed it probably more than the rest of the tracks on the album. You going to give this album a rotation for the next month or so? Fuck you. <laughs> I got Agony Scene to listen to, bitch. We'll get to that later. Yeah, we will. Next week, we were we are returning to metal. A.K.A. the worst hangover ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Splinter, the album nobody owns. <sighs> I don't like it. I don't know what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> They hey, assholes, you're not a ska band. <laughs> like, yeah, they did try some different stuff. You've never been a ska band. They weren't I a samba it. band either, but they did I those fucking songs. I get ska was, like, fucking hot in the early 2000s. I get it. But you've never been ska before. I think they were still trying to keep their slightly political statement going a little. Yeah, no, um, you're right. The first the first song that is uh, one minute and eight seconds, Neocon... Uh, I'm pretty sure they're talking about neoconservatism. Uh, well, it's not like neoconservatism is like you know a problem today, right? They just scream a lot of "We will never lose," and then it's called neocon. So I was like, all right. But so I mean, they they started out you know with it a little bit, yeah. And then the noose, the noose is a good song that comes after that. But yeah, a lot of it, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, race against myself. No, is the a thing. Yeah, the noose is actually a really good song. Yeah, the noose, race against yeah. myself. The thing is, I, the only song I really remembered off this just by looking at it was um, Hit That and that's because it was kind of didn't fit and it was like a radio hit kind of song like I mean it's a fun song but it was definitely you could tell it kind of doesn't fit in the album like they just wrote it to put get it more plays you know kind of thing it might have been a radio hit but like you know this is 2003 and in 2018 like people are still playing like all the shit off of Americana like The Offspring is still a really like respected band and people love them but i kind of wonder if two albums past americana if people kind of don't really give a shit what the band's doing now yeah i mean it could be i mean they're still playing shows and stuff right people, but like know, but why are people showing up at the shows because what they're going to hear party fly for a while songs do they want to hear but that's with a lot of bands especially bands that have been playing as long as they have no i get it I understand that a lot of bands have that, but like we're talking about this band. Um, and I know, and I'm saying it, the same thing. <laughs> no, I'm just feeling dick. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, hey, uh, which song is this, Joe? Race Against Myself. All right, can you pull up Never Gonna Find Me? It might be difficult, but I think I can make that happen. Are you gonna for be you? able to find Never Gonna Find Me? I feel like the verse in here sounds a lot like Staring at the Sun. So let's talk about that. <laughs> you caught it too? It is not uncommon for bands of limited talent or limited creative outlet to write songs that are very similar. It's also not uncommon for a band that has radio playability to have the record label come in and say, we need you to do that again. And some of the most creative ones just fucking do it again. Hey Dan, how many versions of Smells Like Teen Spirit are there? I can think of three without trying. Too many. They all sound the same. Teen Spirit. Dumb. Rape me. Same fucking song, yeah, three but, different tunings. Yeah, but Rape Me is amazing. It, it is a good song. So, yeah, it's similar. 
Yes, I noticed that. And then, uh, like, Dahui. I don't know what the heck that was or whatever that is. They were just throwing some really weird shit into this album. I assume this is the same for everyone, but my copy of the album has an acoustic version of Defy You on it, which was a single that they recorded for the movie Orange County. Yes. I love that song. Yeah, Defy You is good. I like that Offspring is a band that, for the most part, is a guitarist and a singer. And that's not to discount any of the other members, but much like Incubus back in the day, if two guys show up and they've got an acoustic, I don't feel like I'm going to be disappointed. I feel like any of their songs will sound just as good with that minimum of a presentation. And not every band can do that. Even if they played When You're in Prison? They can play whatever they want, and I'm in. I was listening to that song, and I'm like, oh, that's fun. It's like an old-timey radio thing. Then I'm like, you know what? This song is about jail rape. Okay. So it's just... Like, that kind of put a damper. Oh, that's fun. They're having fun. <laughs> like, I don't understand what's who this song is for, but probably just for them. Rise and Fall, Rage and Grace. I mentioned it earlier. My understanding was the band was done for a week. Mm-hmm. And what we got in response to that was this single. I was not pleased. I was concerned they were doing this fake you know, techno dance rock Mm -hmm. for about a minute. And then I realized it's just the offspring being goofy again. And all their big singles tend to really be goofy in some way. So I listened to the album. I like it. Yeah, this album's pretty good. I don't like it as much as I like the next one, but we're going to get to the next one. Days go by to not do it for me and we will get into that. But Rise and Fall, Rages and Grace, I was like, you know, this actually is, It's they still bring it. You know, it's still, um, I mean. It's the offspring. This song, You're Gonna Go Far Kid, I heard dance fucker dance all over the place at that time when that was coming. Like, it was very, everyone was loving that song. I actually like dance fucker dance. It's good. It's it's fun. I mean, and, you know, there's other songs too, like Christy, Are You Doing Okay? That was like their kind of ballad. He actually was like kind of trying to sing on that one. Uh, stuff is messed up. It, it was, it's a catchy song. It's good. It's fun. Um, yeah, Stuff is Messed Up, which when you listen to the song, it's actually shit is fucked up. And I was like, oh, okay. And so, well, of course. fucking Hammerhead. Then you got like uh, like Nothing Town, Takes Me Nowhere, Rise and Fall. Those are all good. Now, uh, yeah, we'll get to a, another song in a second here. But it, if you, you know, if you guys want to say anything, I didn't want to like cut anyone off. I've got nothing at this point, guys. J- Joe, what you got? I love this album. Can you uh, can you maybe do me a favor? So there's a song here that I remember. Anything for you, Melissa. There's a song here that I remember. Uh, the first one, Half Truism, is good. But when you get to the chorus, it reminds me of another song, not one of their songs. So if you would start the chorus up, or at least we'll get to the chorus, and I will sing what it reminds me of. <laughs> so if you'll go back a little bit, <laughs> this is exactly what I was I was hearing. Uh, just sing songy bullshit. <laughs> it's a good song. Yeah, it is. But like, oh, here we objectively, go. it's a good song. I'm just. All right. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> What's the worst that I could say? Things are better if I stay. So long and good night. So long, not good night. And then it kind of like goes back into the verse. And that was a horrible singing job I just did. Uh, Auto tune is not a thing in the studio. You're it, fucked. It, it, yeah, I know. And then it goes back into. <laughs> Everyone's going to gonna hear this. Yeah, it's fine. Fuck it. And then it's all like, uh, you know, it goes right back into the verse. And it's like, 
came a time when every fall, fall. It, it reminded me a lot of it. I kept hearing it every time I was listening to the song. Here's the thing. Which came first, My Chemical Romance or this? This. Well, it's 2008. Right. Well, technically then My Chemical Romance did, but, but like, like... what? Did, what did, is it Helena? How you I don't it? think this sounds like My Chemical Romance. Not even close. I don't know. No. That chorus does to me. I don't know, man. I think I think uh, aesthetic sim- similarity doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it could be just doesn't mean that they were trying to like something. Because I mean, if they were trying to jump onto the emo bandwagon, they would have back in two thousand and five. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't, I don't see that here. All right, just something that came into my head. Disclaimer: I do sing better than that. Uh, just saying. Uh, That's what everybody so, says. Melissa, when's the album coming out? Uh, haven't had one for like ten years. Sounds good. <laughs> I'll keep waiting. Days go by. 2012. Uh-huh. Boo. I have a boo and sad face. Mm. An album that is fun as fuck to listen to, mm. but has way too much <laughs> of that jokey shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got OC Guns. We've got Cruising California. What the fuck was that? Yeah, that's what my note says. What? And then bass bumping in my trunk. They need to leave California to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But then we've got Secrets from the Underground, Days Go By, Turning on You, Hurting is One, Dirty Magic, Divide by Zero, Slim Pickens, I Want a Secret Family with You. Yeah, they're not. Uh, actually, Everything else is good. No. Actually, Slim Pickens does the right thing and rides the bomb to hell. Yes. Is the actual tra- title, or is the actual song, is the actual song name. You don't have to tell me. This is my number one song by The Offspring. I only like this song really? because of the title. Yeah, that's it, really. And it's not because, honestly, the song sounds like really stock Offspring. Yeah. I, I'm like, it's Dan. generically them. I mean, I would say, like, Dividing by Zero or The Future Is Now are probably better than that. Well, you'll be happy to know that if you go see The Offspring live, they're going to play Divide by Zero and Slim Pickens as a medley. Yeah. My opinion, yeah. OC Guns, best song on the album. Okay. Yourself. <laughs> yeah, I have. I have uh, I'm working on it, dude. People keep stopping me. Yeah, I have huh question mark for that, for that song. I just like it because it was different. I get tired of hearing the same shit every single fucking album. It had a sublime vibe to it. But man, that cruise in California caught a glimpse of that video. That, yeah. I'm like, you guys, it's, aren't they like, I don't know. California. Like, they pull up to this like, they pull up to like this broken down RV with, or something with their own RV and they get off and they're like playing the song and then all these like hot ladies come out. And they're all dancing, and, and uh, it's... Uh, I like hot ladies. Yeah, but the way that the women sing, <laughs> I'm not going to sing that one. So you're going to criticize how somebody sings now? Yeah, I'm I admit. I'm just giving you shit. What I just you're sang fine. was really bad. You're fine. No, I'm just giving you shit. It was also hard to do it with a, another song in my head. Every time I hear Cruise in California, I think of the Karate Kid when they're on the beach, and they've got their convertibles and they're listening to stereos with D batteries that probably lasted 45 minutes. Oh my god, you have no idea. And they were like like, like eight double A batteries. They're like if you were lucky enough to get a boombox that had like D batteries, you were good for like what, two hours? Yeah, and you had to have like eight D batteries. It was like having a Sega Game Gear, man. You're getting fucked in this deal. You just don't know it. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I don't feel like this really, this discography ended on a high note. Well, and they have apparently another one coming out, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, six years later. So, I mean. If they are going to do it, give it time to get better, I guess. Absolutely. Final thoughts on The Offspring. Melissa. 
I love them. Still love the offspring. Yeah, they're not, maybe not as hot as they were back then, you know, like music-wise and stuff, and it's a lot of repetition on some things, but they're still having a good time. They're having fun playing. I mean, they most of them have been together for 30-plus years, and you can't always say that about a lot of bands. Yeah, they went through a lot of drummers, but most bands do. But, I mean, they really meant a lot to me uh, during my teenage years, and I'll still always have a soft spot for them uh, in my heart, so... And again, someone out there has got to know or got to feel like that song is a little bit like My Chemical Ram- Romance. Come on, someone help me out so that it doesn't make me seem that I sang for nothing. I like My Chemical Romance a lot more than I like The Offspring. Except for that one album. Which one? And by that one album, I mean that last album. Which one? I don't even sing <laughs> it out. <laughs> I don't even know. Like I haven't listened to If you don't hour. know, that's a good thing. Continue <laughs> to not know. But yeah, no, thumbs up, thumbs up for me. I was so excited to do this episode. <laughs> Dan, what about you? First four albums are solid fucking gold. Uh, the rest is your mileage may vary. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the style, so I may not be the best person to commentate. But I can tell you that if you like punk rock and you like alternative rock and you like lyrics that you can relate to, The Offspring is definitely a good choice. And if you haven't heard them already, please remove yourself from whatever rock you are living under. The Offspring is one of my favorite bands to listen to if I want to listen to something fun. The majority of their smarts are in their lyrics. So if you're a lyric guy, you might get something out of listening to everything they say or sing. And when you're not getting anything out of it, that might be on purpose because I think they're just fucking with you. But listen to The Offspring. They're fun. Put them on shuffle. Listen to their greatest hits. In fact, buy their greatest hits. You don't have to buy the albums. Because if you're still in after the greatest hits, you'll buy the albums that you like. What's your album of the week, Dan? Dying Fetus. Wrong one to fuck with. Is that where you were like listening to in between the offspring kind of? Absolutely. Cleansing the it was like It was like offspring, dying fetus, <laughs> offspring, cannibal corpse, offspring, cephalic carnage. You know, like, yeah, it... Whenever I have to listen to something I'm not like totally familiar with, I have to throw some death grind in there to, you know, balance it all out, balance out the palate. Melissa, what about you? Uh, I'm going to throw back to uh, 2004 uh, Futures by the band Jimmy Eat World. That's a great record. It is. Jeff approves. We're talking about The Offspring. Listen to Days Go By. I will be listening to Days Go By. What do we got coming up in a month, Dan? We're going to be in Nashville at the Rockin' Pod. We are going to be at the Rockin' Pod Expo 2, which will be taking place at the Nashville Palace on August 25th. Ten bucks to get in. Be there. We'll be there. Roach Coach will be there. Joshua Toomey will be there. Brian Head Welch from Corn will be there. Toby Wright will be there. And you're going to be there. And on that note, this has been episode 76 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money. Ask me how I feel about 
doing this with the offspring. How do you feel about doing this with Wait, the offspring? That's not what I wanted to cut that. What I wanted to ask you is... Here, Damn, start she comes again. on here and starts telling us what to do. Shit. Please, please cut that. Okay, here, we'll start again. Hey, Joe. Yes? Ask me how pumped I am to do this. How pumped are you to do bitch, this? Son of a bitch, I messed it up again. Hang on a second. <laughs> scripted podcasts don't work. These are going at the end of the show, by the way. <laughs> hey, Mike, real quick, can I get a chaos? Thank you. That's good. <sighs> Never mind. Chaos Just keep has going. Gotten so much better over the years. <laughs> One more time, Melissa. Come on. <laughs>